Okay, I'm on. Okay. So, the lost art of the road trip with Horace Deddy, uh, Epic Drives Horace. So, so share some of your more uh, interesting drives, and I'll I'll share a few as well. Well, <laughs> highs and lows. For first of all, we should make a little bit of a we should make a little bit of a context, a little bit of of um, what's the word? Um, um, uh, let, let, let's let's um, establish the scene. Uh, so we, we're in the middle of this lockdown. We're in the middle. We're safer of, at home. <laughs> we're we're all we're all essentially. Uh, and I, I, I you know maybe this isn't the place to do it, but I, I kind of find a, find this a little bit surreal the the idea that we're kind of in the in a involuntary and somewhat involuntary uh prison home home prison you know it's it's like you know the 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 folks who who are who are uh serving time uh under under you know house arrest um but you know, I don't want to make light of it, but I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm struck by one thing, uh, which is if you wanted to imprison the population, <laughs> creating a virus seems to be a very effective way of doing it. Um, but anyway, um, as a result, novels have been written, Horace. Yes, I'm sure they have. I just mm-hmm. don't read them. Um, <laughs> yeah, my, my, so, so. Uh, during this time, of course, people talk about things like how to make the best of this time, how to be productive, how to cook all kinds of crazy dishes. I'm, you know, I'm struck by, uh, you know, the fact that I can't find yeast at the at the supermarket um, because people are baking bread, apparently. Right. And and I have done my my share of baking at home. But um but we're not going to do that. We're not going to tell you how to make the best time of your <laughs> no. of your home home uh, uh, isolation home uh, you know sentence. Um, rather, we're going to talk about the exact opposite: is what is what is one of the greatest freedoms in in life, one of the greatest pleasures in terms of travel that I've ever experienced. And and it, it it is the road trip. It is the idea, and this is a very very interesting idea, by the way. America's first road trip. By the way, we should even introduce this idea because there was a first road trip, and and that was actually by a, a, a man named Horatio. <laughs> strangely enough, uh, I forgot his last name exactly, <laughs> um, but there was a there was a a, a a PBS documentary, and I think it was a Ken Burns documentary. Called Horatio's Drive, highly recommended. I bet you can still get it on on Apple TV or whatever you use uh, to stream. And Horatio's Drive was about uh, the first America's first road trip. I think that's in fact the subtitle of this uh, of this show. Uh, it's actually narrated by Tom Hanks, uh, who's been in the news lately as well. Mm. So um, so what's what's um, what this was is the first cross country trip that is coast to coast in a car and it was done in 1903 if i remember correctly it's been a while since i've seen this so what what what's the story there um my fascination with long distance driving began because when i was a child actually when we were kids 
we emigrated to America from you from Romania, and of course Romania is very constrained. Uh, was like a very constrained uh, society, um, and and the first thing we did when we landed in the in the West, which was in Germany, was we were taken by car on a on a road trip. Um, we were taken by a friend of my father's who was a professor uh, at a university in Germany, and I think in Dortmund. And he had a Mercedes. He had a, a fairly large one, uh, you know, big enough for for all of us to fit in, and meaning five people all together. My my family was four, and he was the driver. And and so I, I wish I knew exactly which model it was. It was probably something like an SEL equivalent. Um, and and we just go when it would go on the autobahn, and that was the, one of the first impressions I had of freedom. It was one of the first times I've experienced, firstly, the you know the car culture at all. We didn't have a car in Romania; hardly ever ever even sat in one before I was on this trip, and it was hardly any um, uh, highways in Romania. Uh, certainly not super highways. Certainly not these types of. Uh, um, you know, very high speed. Or, yeah. yeah. So we, we we were. I was in a luxury car going at very high speed with Never all of these luxuries like cruise control and a radio cassette player and, and it was Air just, uh, yeah. It was it was as magical as you could get as 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 if you were now on a trip to the moon and you you know or <laughs> Mars and and it was it just felt out of this world and. And that was very, you know, at that age of it being very impressionable, you know, it left a, it left a big, big impact. And, and ever since I've enjoyed kind of the open road idea. And, you know, I've driven around Europe, uh, up and down, left and right and across uh, multiple ways. Um, actually, before this virus hit, I was planning on going with my son uh, from from Finland to uh, to Istanbul. That was going to be wow, our next terrific. our yep. our next summer summer drive, um, and I've been across the United States um, uh, again, you know, up and down, left and right, and diagonally multiple times. Uh, anything from you know up and down the East Coast, up and down the West Coast, uh, coast to coast, uh, up the northern route, the southern route, uh, you know, uh, and and some some you know diagonals, if you will. Uh, from, you, you know, uh, essentially partly the Route 66, which was a diagonal from Chicago to Los Angeles, for right. example. Um, and of course, trips down all the way to Key West. I've driven all the way to Key West. I've driven all the way to the tip of Cape Cod, Provincetown. Uh, I've driven to the top of, uh, of uh, actually not the top of Canada, but I've been in Canada. I've driven across sections of Canada, not the whole of it, uh, from Montreal, Quebec City, uh, Toronto uh, and uh, uh, back to Detroit and all these other places. So, so I enjoy this very much. I, I sometimes fantasize about doing other trips, like in South America or even Asia. We haven't gotten there yet. Maybe someday. But um, but there's a great, great pleasure which I think is very rarely experienced. Now, having said this, let me just pause for a moment on that on that. And, and point out that actually there are people right now, as we speak, probably driving across the United States trying to break the cannonball record. And this is something that <laughs> yes, this again. is something I'm aware of because I, I, I know Alex Roy and I, I we've had a good, few good conversations. And I, I 
by the way, he's sort of a hero, although someone who I do not wish to emulate because doing what he did is not my thing. I do, I do not wish to do it illegally. But it, 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 it was always, to me, a, a sort of a subject of fantasy to, to think about what you, it would take to cross the United States at very high speed. But, but also, by the way, sort of maybe a technical version of it, which would be like uh, maybe doing it in an electric car or a hybrid car. And I, you know, I've been thinking how to do that with a BMW i3, which is a fairly limited range. But it, it has sort of a range extender. So you kind of, there might be a cannonball record to break by the way, with an I-3, which, which would be, how do you cross the United States in a, in a, in a hybrid Eco plug-in? Eco-pro mode. Yeah, so, so you not only try to maximize time, or sorry, minimize time, but you minimize also fuel consumption and, per, you know, you can sort of right. measure calories and so on, efficiency. Um, and actually, I mentioned it to Alex, and he said, yeah, there might be one out there for you. So... Um, that was one of the things, but but as 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 we talk about the the, the during the, this crisis, one of the things that that um, because of Alex, there's a there's a a bunch of people out there who I came to uh, observe or listen to uh, on on a YouTube channel channel called VinWiki, uh, and and uh, it was started by a guy, a guy named Ed Bolian. Ed Bolian um, uh, actually broke Alex's record. Um, he he uh, he uh, did it. I think Alex was somewhere in the early 2000s, 2003 or four. I don't I don't remember exactly. And Bolian did it in like 13. So quite a decade passed. But uh, since Bolian did it, a few other people have broken it. But as a result, Ed's Ed's channel on YouTube is kind of like the place where a lot of people discuss uh, uh, these record attempts. Um, and and the last uh, public. Uh, uh, reveal of a record was um, was in uh, the fall of 2019, and he went on a few weeks ago uh, on on his channel to say to respond to requests that people were making that he should go out and try to break it during the COVID crisis, and he argued that it's not probably something he would like to do, but it, but that was kind of a hint that there's a lot of people doing it, and actually rumors are swirling that there. Are, Many many attempts being made just as we, as we speak. I do not recommend this. Uh, it, it, it's not only I think unethical because you're breaking the law, but you're also doing it and taking advantage of a situation that is rather unpleasant. Um, but but indeed the record is about cheating. A lot of a lot of the the idea behind uh, Cannonball was to figure out ways to cheat because you were trying to avoid the police, but also um, you know figure out ways to make make your car. Um, you know, have extra fuel, um, um, you know, so you put in extra fuel tanks. People have done things like um, uh, camouflage their cars, use the infrared, use the, all kinds of tricks to uh, to try to um, to try to uh, get this done. They've had they've used spotter planes. They've used spotters, which are drivers, which are pacing out uh, out in front. Anyway, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm getting off the topic here, but, so, but the point right, is, the so, point is, yeah. Go ahead. So yeah, so so obviously there's that. There's the the urge for speed and and you know exploring uh, those opportunities. But you know what? So when you're thinking about that, Finland to Istanbul, what did you hope to to see? You know, obviously going with uh, Henry, that's very cool. Right, because the last time we did it, we we went Istanbul, <laughs> we went Finland to to Alicante, Spain, right. uh, which is diagonally uh, sort of a north. 
mm-hmm. uh, northeast to southwest. Southwest. But yeah. uh, but the idea was gonna we're gonna do more straight south from from Finland. Straight south means mostly Eastern Europe, uh, almost all, exclusively Eastern Europe. So uh, we enjoyed very much Eastern Europe. Henry did anyway because we did we took something called Via Baltica. Via Baltica is is not a divided highway. It's a sort of a pokey little highway, but it goes through Estonia. Uh, Latvia and Lithuania, and then into Poland. And um, uh, I, I had never driven via Baltica, and um, and it was it was really interesting. It eventually got us into Warsaw, and right up until very close to Warsaw, it was a very tough road to 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 drive. Um, we only had a short uh, ferry ride to get into into Estonia, but it was uh, it, 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 it it my my son is just enamored with. Uh, history and with with uh, um, uh, uh, obscure corners of Europe. So so we, well, we thought, surprise, hey, yeah. well, yeah. <laughs> so we thought, let's 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 go uh, let's go south yeah. uh, directly south, meaning more Eastern Europe, but also Romania, and also hit the the, the Black Sea. Uh, you know, dip into Bulgaria and then dip into Turkey. Uh, touch Asia basically. If you go to Istanbul, you cross the Bosphorus. Cross the Bosphorus, in, right? In, in, you don't have to go very far. In fact, one another fantasy was that we keep going. Um, you know, on the Asian side to all the way to uh, Georgia, um, which which is bordering with with Turkey. Uh, and, those, and so follow the south of the Black Sea all the way around and maybe even loop back, although um, it's not possible to go from Georgia into Russia uh, and from Russia into Ukraine. That's really, really not advisable right now. Uh, but maybe we could have maybe uh, taken a ferry uh, directly to Ukraine to bypass Russia. It's on, but we decided and my wife, basically, she put the kibosh on it. <laughs> so so safety became an issue. But. Nonetheless, uh, a good route. So, what about the ones you've done, Horace? You know, which ones stick out uh, over the years? Well, again, it's 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 difficult to to. There are those which you feel very nostalgic about because they were done at a time when when you know. Again, these were early years, and I remember, uh, you know, crossing the United States at a time when we didn't even own a car. And get get this: so we land in America. Uh, you know, like after spending a year in Italy and, and, and sort of as refugees and we land and, and, and we don't have any money. We don't know anybody. It was a very tough few years. And yet, and yet my father would ensure that uh, first thing to, he got a driver's license. Um, he got a driver's license, even though he didn't have a car. So he had someone helping him in, in the community. Yeah, to, to sort of lend him a car so he could pass the test. But he didn't get a driver's license because he was going to go buy a car. We we used public transport. I, I rode a bicycle to school. My father took took a bus to work. And, and my mother, too, also, she took buses. She actually had a job, which was unbelievable, by the way. She had a job as a, as a temporary teacher, uh, you know, the, the substitute teacher, I should say. Right. Uh, substitute teacher in the Cleveland Board of Education, and 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 she had to go to a different school every day, and she didn't have a driver's license or a car. She did it all by public transport. Unbelievable sacrifice mm-hmm. there. Um, but we ended up getting a car only in 1984 when we moved to Boston because actually we, where when my father started working in Boston, there was no option. It was suburbia. It was a 128 belt. There was no no public transit. 
uh, available. So anyway, but in Cleveland, that was the that was the sufficient. And and yet and yet every summer, my father would go and go to a rental car and rent a car for a week or two. And we would just go on these crazy road trips. And and so we didn't do it with our own car. We rented a car. And because the prices were somewhat the same, no matter what car you got, I don't I don't quite remember the logic of it, but we ended up usually getting a luxury car, strangely. I mean, what passed for luxury back in the early 80s, which were like a Lincoln Town car, um, not quite the Cadillacs, but to sort of remember the very square town cars, the, the very sure. block, you know, they looked like they were uh, all 90 degrees. Um, <clears throat> that was the... Uh, I remember riding in that car many, many, many times. Uh, the speed limit was 55 everywhere. And yet, so, so you know, it wasn't like a particularly good performing car. Uh, I remember it being super hot everywhere we went, but we had AC. Uh, so Washington, D.C. Or, or, or Arizona um, and, 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 Didn't and, matter. and Florida. Didn't matter. Florida. <laughs> we, we drove everywhere, but we drove right. everywhere. I, once in the winter, this was another memorable uh, trip. Once in the winter, we this is this is the, actually the 1980 um, Olympics. My father gets it into his head to go to the, the Olympics by car, and this was this was in Lake Placid. Lake Placid, right? Yeah. So so the idea was that we were going to drive from Cleveland to Lake Placid in the winter. To, to see the Olympics because they were the first time ever we had the chance to see the Olympics. I can't believe it. Um, and and I think it was 80 or is it 82? I mean, probably is 82 because I think in 84, um, in, in, no, 84 was was Moscow, right? Or 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 I I don't know. It, it was you know whatever Lake Placid is. We'll think, we'll 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 Google it. 1980. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay, it was 80. So. Mm-hmm. Um, and while we're going there, actually, there's a huge snowstorm. And, like, we weren't very experienced. Again, we had only been driving in the summer. We weren't very experienced. I remember being very precarious. And, of course, you're going into a mountainous area. And we just – we ended up turning around and not going because <laughs> of the weather. Um, so it was – I remember being very bitterly disappointed uh, about that. But but what can you do? You know, my father the made the right made. decision. Yeah, he made the right decision. Another time I remember, we tried to go, we went to Florida, we went to Miami, and we were going to go to the all the way to uh, Key West. But I kind of, I guess he missed, we kind of missed, missed the, um, uh, miscalculated, because it's actually a very long trip down the Keys. And, and I think, I think he was trying to find a place to stay, but the, you know, back then you didn't have, you know, you didn't have Google, first of all, you didn't have, um, uh, you, you, you didn't have all a, a these travel services. Yeah. You just get a hotel right now. Yeah. You just yeah. drive and you look yeah. for the vacancy sign. Right. And I remember many times <laughs> you, we, we kept driving and seeing no vacancy, no vacancy, no vacancy, right. really panicking because it was getting later and later. Um, and so the the that was the days those were the days of of you know where where motels were where the the real lifeblood of this business because without them you couldn't do this and they were invented precisely for the road trip right the road trip Um, yeah holiday inn all these things exactly and and so so in funny things all these memories come back my parents because you know, again, being, being being refugees, being Romanian, being from the old world in in many ways, um, that we we never had the habit, even though we were doing these crazy long road trips, which are not 
which is sort of a very modern thing to do. But when it came to food, we didn't actually do anything modern. The, the, my parents were very uh, conservative when it came to eating, so we wouldn't go eat in restaurants. So these are the two things that you think are part and parcel of the road trip. You, 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 have, to, you have to have fast food and you have to stay in motels. Basically, because that's that's that, that's all that's available that's usually in the right. boonies, right? At least it was back then. So we certainly did the motel thing, and we certainly did the the driving thing, but we didn't do the eating in restaurants thing because my father said, no, you know, he just the, the, he, that was not part of his culture. It wasn't essential. So we would just buy groceries, and we would prepare sandwiches. My mother would always cook, no matter what where we were. She was always cooking. So. So in, in the motel rooms, we figured out ways to make like Raymond noodles. Uh, <laughs> you know, we had a, a hot water heater or something like kettle or something like that. It was portable. So we would have meals inside of the hotel room. And then during the day, she would make sandwiches. We would eat on the road, um, uh, snacks and things like that. So for me, it was normal to do this because, you know, maybe the uh, idea of stopping at a McDonald's <clears> was a big deal, but, but that's not, that's not at all common for us. So, well, so in these some ways, it's some camping, of the memories. Right? Yeah, it was camping, but it was, um, it, it, again, the food culture is so, it was, I, I haven't processed this yet thinking, you know, sort of understanding what was going on, but basically it's a memory I have of, of, of the motels, which were often dingy and not very good, but, adequate you know it, we didn't once i remember we were in the, in the motel room and one of the things we did was there was four of us sometimes we would we would like to have like two beds usually you know our parents would sleep in one and me and my brother would sleep in the other but most many times we just couldn't get that kind of room but like i said it wasn't if there was vacancy maybe they could only get us one king size bed so what we would do is we would take the top mattress off and then we would sort of, you know, I think my mother carried some extra sheets or something. And, and so there would be someone sleeping on the mattress and someone sleep, sleeping on the box spring, which was, right. again, better than the floor. Um, and, and, and so, you know, there was sometimes like we would alternate and, and, you know, who gets what and all this debate would happen. And, um, but once I, I remember this distinctly, like we pulled off the mattress off the bed and underneath there was a pair of handcuffs. <laughs> <laughs> I was like real police ones, not these kinds of, uh, you know, like joke ones, you know, right. it was real. And I, I wish we could, I, I wish I had kept them. I don't know what happened to these handcuffs, but anyway. Um, and, and so, so these are the memories I have. There's some funny things. Um, there are more recent trips I've taken with my family, um, my wife and son in the United States. And then, like I said, in Europe, which also have very, very good, um, very good anecdotes, but but I think the ones that were form most, um, I think these early ones in the eighties going to, go, going to, go, I'll tell you another one going to Cocoa Beach, which if you don't know mm. is just south of Cape Kennedy, Cape which Canaveral, used to be yeah. Cape Eastern, Canaveral, yeah. Eastern coast of Florida. Yep. Yeah, so that's where the the space uh, center is, and uh, and and so we actually once went down there on such a trip, and uh, we went through the the tour of Cape Canaveral, and the bus driver was like, "Would you all like to see a rocket launch?" Because that very day there was a a, a Delta rocket. It turned out to you know that was on the on the pad, and we just sat on these pokey you know 
stands and watched this thing. And I was uh, blown away. It was so the noise, cool. yeah. the, the power of it all. It was just phenomenal. Uh, another On another trip also to, to Florida, we actually saw a space shuttle launch uh, in the mid 80s. Um, and then uh, I remember reading uh, my, you know, I got um, a copy of um, uh, a, a magazine, I think it was called uh, space uh something like that space illustrator or something <laughs> i don't think it was quite that but it was it was uh, aviation week uh something like that i think it was aviation week actually and i would read about that very mission that we saw launch and then the plans of what they were going to do on that mission um so so i you know we got to see pretty amazing things even though we weren't going to florida to watch uh, the rockets or, or launches and things like that. But on, on Cocoa Beach, uh, that was one of our, of our favorite uh, destinations because it was, firstly, there was a beach. Secondly, there, it was Florida, so it was hot. Third, it was near, you know, Cape Canaveral. You could go there and, and most of the time, I think even at the time, it was a free trip, to, to free tour to see the, it's not like it is now. Nowadays, it's sort yeah, of like made okay. into a Disney, Disney mm-hmm. thing. But it was, it feels like a theme park, but back then it was just it was just a very very down to earth uh, experience. Anyway, so all of this is 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 what I remember, and I mean, there's a lot more stories, but that I think right, that's right. So, but I think what you're getting at is the the delights of the journey slowing down. You know, I I ponder those things when you know we were traveling by airplane a lot for many years. You know, you sort of think about well, what what am I missing? What's what's happening, you know, thirty thousand feet below, and uh, and just how different it is. And and some of the memories I have of different road trips, uh, especially in Turkey and then in Switzerland, are some of the unanticipated, either toll or government interactions. And I remember passing into Switzerland a few years ago, and being required to purchase some sort of a tag. Uh, as you oh, yeah, traverse the Swiss vignette. country, and you know, and, and in Turkey, it was the, the rental people said you have to get a a tag for the tolls, and that became a several hour process with very friendly people uh, at one of the toll booths. And in the end, they you know just said, "Oh, just keep going, don't worry about it," you know, et cetera. But I think going slow has its uh, has its charm well, here's the thing okay for maybe Amer- not everybody knows this but the way tolls work in europe I, you can do the uh, stop every few you know tens of miles and 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 pay at a, at a toll booth in fact that's how spain is that's how france is germany has no tolls at all uh and that may not last by the way uh but but generally speaking most european countries on the fast freeways these are the the you know the divided highways right. do have some sort of toll system but if you want to take the, the 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 slow roads uh you're very welcome to do so and and that doesn't cost anything but i i, I should warn you that you know unlike american roads uh perhaps maybe also american roads but they tend to go through through town centers because that's how old roads are they would go town to town. And as you go through a town center, you have uh, uh, not just speed restrictions, but sometimes, you know, the police are there <laughs> hoping to catch you. And, and so you pay a different kind of toll. Um, so there's, there's, uh, and there's lights and all kinds of, uh, but there's a, a book on the shelf in, in our home in Finland, which is called uh, La France de la, de, de la Rue Tranquille, which means um, 
friends of uh, you know the, the trips uh, the tranquil roads the the, the calm roads uh, and that's a different art altogether uh, usually the road trips we think of as like let's just go as fast you know on the freeway as possible right. or at across least, the know, Dakotas and Nebraska just 90 miles an hour just go yeah. or even if it's 55 it's still basically a throughput of of right. You know, just seeing things flash by you, and uh, of course, the famous movie, um, which is one of my favorite movies, Cars from Disney, from Pixar, oh, yeah. um, w- w- really touches on that. And in fact, Lasseter, who uh, I think he directed it, um, he he, you know, there's a lot of backstory to how he he grew up like that, like like I'm talking about, you know, you know, in the back of the station wagon and the family. That their, the idea of a holiday was kids getting in the station wagon and driving across the country, and and a lot of the stuff that's in the movie. In fact, the scenes and a lot of the things there are are experiences on Route 66, and and uh, I actually went and and we kind of mistakenly or or accidentally recreated that route ourselves. Uh, with with uh, uh, that's a whole different story I can tell you uh, at some point, but but it, it's it's um. The thing about uh, there's an art to doing it in a way that is magical or or instructive Um, uh, things to do as well. Like where where oh, now I'm reminded of yet another thing because we didn't have Google Maps uh, or or Apple Maps. We um, we relied on maps, physical maps. Now, the thing to do every year. Uh, my father would do this. He would get this huge road atlas. Of and this course. was a big, big thing. I don't know how many inches across it was, but it was a big book. And of course, you got a new one every year because it was slightly different. Uh, obviously, the things would change. And and um, it, it was just, I remember being the navigator. Whoever was shotgun, whoever sat next to the driver um, had to navigate. And And so often I did that. And I would, you know, it wasn't just saying, okay, go, go straight or go left. What we would do is say, okay, exit 12 is coming up. Uh, this is the town of so-and-so. Um, uh, you know, uh, maybe, you know, explain some uh, attractions that might be nearby. And, and so I would narrate, navigation meant narrating <laughs> where you are and what's going on around you so that, you know, and then, and then maybe the people in the back seat would also say, hey, look at this and hey, look at that. It was sort of, be the eyes out and i was sort of the eyes on the map and and i would also have to narrate so so the feeling of it was different because now and i miss that because now it's like okay you know you set the navigation you go and it's, and it's, it's only eyes out yeah I, I, I wanted to talk about that during our conversation and so you think about how that has evolved right the, the road atlas there were triple a ram mcnally in the states and of course one of the first, if not the first, was the Michelin Guide. You know, and, and Michelin, it was all about the journey, the experience, the food, obviously to promote tires, you know, cars. And uh, yeah, that's I wonder a business. what we've lost. Yeah, um, uh, we still have the Michelin Guide and then, you know, the Michelin Star, which was a, uh, a way to rate restaurants. Mm-hmm. But it all began because... Uh, these industrial companies wanted to encourage uh, uh, driving uh, and, and consumption of their product. Now, 
I should also point out that the roads network in the United States itself was uh, a lot of it was a private effort early on. Uh, the the you know Route 66, uh, which uh, and the first highway across America was the Lincoln Highway, and that was a that was a, essentially a, a grassroots effort to connect all these other highways into one uh, route that that uh, that uh, drivers would uh, would enjoy doing, uh, right? So it became a hobby for Americans to kind of get into their Model Ts and try to go on these long distance trips, and then it was this Fisher guy, um, I think his name was Carl Fisher, who who created a, a highway from uh, not Route 66, but he created a highway from Chicago to Miami, which uh, and then he went on to develop Miami Beach. So Miami Beach was was a was a commercial effort uh, that he essentially started, and and so he created the highway so that he could basically funnel uh, customers down to Miami Beach. Uh, and of you know, and one of the promotional things he did was like he. He invited the president to come down, uh, you know, I think it was McKinley, uh, and he, you know, had the presidential yacht dock in, in, in Miami Beach. He, he invented, the, he invented the, these postcards, which says, uh, you know, wish you were here. And they had girls in, uh, in outfits or whatever and uh, showing the beach life and stuff like that. Because before he took on this project of creating Miami Beach, the place was a swamp. It was, it was a, an uninhabitable uh, spit of land out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, Miami was separate from Miami Beach. It still is by quite a few miles. So, um, uh, so, so that that that's the development that occurred was fueled by the automobile, uh, and 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 so the, you, you kind of had to create the demand for for some of these destinations. And that's that's indeed a, a big big history. I don't think we need to get into it. But you're right. In, in Europe, we had a Michelin guide. In the U.S., we had. Howard Johnson's. We had the creation of motels. We have uh, even destinations, um, and and so uh, it, it's it's in the, in the it's neon something... signs. I mean, we can't forget that. You know, as you're driving on Route 66, uh, you know, the things to get your attention. And today, of course, it's software. But I, I yeah, find but... The, the the point you made about you know being the navigator and calling out things, at least for me taking road trips is often about looking at a map and just seeing what's interesting and then going there. And, uh, I remember somebody told me years ago, you should go to Chiloe, this Island in Northern Patagonia. And, uh, we ended up staying in these cabins and it was because I looked on the map and I looked and looked and they had just this beautiful little cabins with two two cabins with a great vista. And, you know, you couldn't get there any other way, but having some kind of, well, four wheel drive in that case. Um, so for me, it's the opportunity to explore and just see. I had another things. similar experience just, just a, uh, a few years ago. We went down to Cordoba. So we were in, in Spain, and and of course, you, you know, the, one of the things you do is you go to Alhambra, which is this amazing uh, uh, Granada, uh, Granada, and um, now, did I say Cordoba? I meant Granada. I meant Granada. Oh, Granada yeah. um, and there's there's a it's one of the hottest places uh, mm-hmm. in in Europe, uh, and so much so that actually you get to see these test mule cars. You know these camouflaged cars that are that are uh, 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 being road tested before in produ- put into production and actually it's so common 
that you see people are are almost uh, you know it, there's no there's there's no surprise if you see we went there and we saw so cars like right. that it was amazing death valley is the that, same by the way you can go out there and see a lot of cars yeah. yeah yeah but so so but here's the thing about an hour uh southeast from there there are mountains and they're called the sierra nevadas right and that mountain range is where of course the american sierra nevada comes from the name Right. But these are the the what it means. The word Sierra Nevada means snowy peaks or snowy range or mountain range, and and there is snow there. And in fact, you can ski all the way until May. So it's one of the hottest places on Earth, or at least in Europe. Uh, and yet, very nearby, one hour away, you have these tremendous mountains and the road to try. So we went and stayed in a village uh, in the Sierras. And it was just the most amazing road to get there. And one of the most amazing precarious villages that was like stuck on this cliffside almost. <laughs> and it just- It's a beautiful it, it, place. It just, it incredible. Nobody really knows. I mean, it's it, it's completely by accident. Like you discover some of these places. Um, so, so it, you know, I should thank, by the way, the tip and the location, everything that was given to me by Gustavo Fontana, who is a good friend and he, he uh, he's has a place that he rents near there, so he told us where to go. But but fundamentally, uh, and he was our, our host for the whole thing. But fundamentally, um, you don't get to see places like this by getting on the plane because they're so far out of the way. You right. you've got to drive there usually. So yeah, um, yeah that was interesting. Yeah. You mentioned that we we were in uh, Portugal and Spain end of the year into January and. Uh, we were oh Madrid, out for tapas I think, and there was a couple from Houston, late twenties, and they were shocked that we had driven from Porto across into the Douro Valley and then Cacheras, Cacheras, and um, Toledo and Madrid, and you know just a great great route. And uh, but they flew, you know, they said, oh, we flew to Lisbon and in fifty bucks or fifty euros, we flew to Madrid. So I wonder if that cultural change now. Oh, it's maybe. changing so much, and I, I maybe 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 this has been changing for a long time, and and even even by the eighties, that changed from what it used to be in the fifties. But but the the uh, nowadays, if you we I last drove across the U.S. in fifteen, uh, I think I was two thousand fifteen, um, and I you know I want to do it again soon, but um, definitely. Definitely will do so. I've got the car for it too, uh, <laughs> but uh, but then more about that later. Um, yeah. But the the uh, what what's different now that I remember distinctly is that there are almost no cars anymore. It's all trucks, right. and so it's it's um, it's a, it, there was a lot of cars because these were vacationing cars right i mean maybe you'll see people in cars maybe even motorcycles there are some that, that like to do road trips on on these you know big motorcycles yeah, Harleys um and... yeah the 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 what is it the gold wing hondas right. and, and so there there's definitely a culture for for road tripping on motorcycles that's that's fascinating i'm not a part of but but the, the the it's kind of extreme in one on one end, and, and and the mainstream kind of doesn't do it anymore, and that's a very 
very sad thing because also, as I said, you, you're not, you don't see things on the ground. You don't see people that normally you wouldn't see. Uh, you, you don't see the culture uh, of the Midwest. You don't eat at places, like I said, Waffle House is all over <laughs> the South. And that's not a coastal phenomenon at all, as far as I know. Um, and, and so you get to eat some of this, uh, admittedly, not always great food, but it's, it's, you know, there are a lot of food deserts on the way. Um, and I mean, I was blown away in New Mexico by, for example, you know, the poverty that I saw just right next to the highway in areas which were predominantly American in, uh, Native Americans, um, the, the, you know, the beauty of the desert spoiled by many, you know, people who were, who were, uh, throwing things out and it was not a well, my wife was, I was a little bit kind of, I knew what to expect, but my wife was shocked to be, to be honest by some of the things we saw, um, and, and the poverty and the, you know, that, uh, uh, the deprivation that we saw in some parts, and and so it's an extraordinary, it's, beautiful drive, though New Mexico. I mean, uh, it I've is, and, and there are that parts place. that are yeah. Uh, yeah. the desert is a funny place because it preserves so much, and so unless it's 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 cleaned and maintained, it, the stuff just stays there. It stays. Uh, right. So so it's it's sad when it becomes polluted like that uh, by by human activity. And and so there's there's good and bad, and it's worth seeing. And I think again, the fact that you're seeing trucks everywhere and not seeing cars, uh, and the truck stops are really the only places where where people get to you know get out of their cars. Congrats. It's 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 sad in a way because I think there was more more of a family uh, uh, opportunity there to enjoy enjoy things, and, and I'm sure these places that grew up as as the the stops along the way, the uh, there were things like south of the border. Did you ever hear of south of the border? This was sure. a thing we I remember in the eighties. It's like whenever you cross, uh, I forget which state, Virginia, I think to uh, to well, the Mason Dixon line. Yeah, something like that, and, and 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 you would see signs for miles and miles and miles for 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 an hour before you get there. You see these these signs saying uh, and all it is is a souvenir shop but it's oh, like, well drug all those <laughs> in west yeah, yeah or a surf shop in in right. florida and it's nothing right. but knickknacks but but the <laughs> the uh, there are some of these things which are very peculiar um uh or or you know dinosaur museums and and it's it's you know all that uh uh tourist traps and things like that some of them are fun some of them aren't um but there is something to it, and I, I strongly recommend that we're just talking about the U.S. The Europe is very, very different. Um, I think there's, again, there's good and bad. Like you said, you, you can kind of get in trouble with with, uh, with the law easier there. Um, uh, you, you can just fall into traps you're just not aware of. Uh, I did, This happened to us in, in Vienna, uh, not Vienna, in, in Austria, when, when I drove without a vignette, and I didn't know that there was a vignette needed, and we, got, <laughs> right. we stopped. Uh, I learned that to, lesson. <laughs> yeah, I, we, we, Henry and I were, were driving. We were driving a rented car, and we popped out of Germany into 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 Austria because I said, Henry, you got to see the Alps. Let's go see the Alps. And and uh, it's really magnificent, the drive in Austria. And I think, oh, popped over there because we were in Munich. We, we were at the BMW Museum. We popped south. You know, of course. And... and um, and we just pulled into a, a rest area. Henry had to, you know, 
grab a bite or something. And uh, we're pulling out of it, you know, police pulled us over, just not on the freeway, but in the rest area. And said, you don't have the, you don't have a sticker. I'm like, what sticker? Right. I thought he was saying um, that I was using a radar detector. I wasn't understanding <laughs> him. And because he was pointing at my windshield and I said, I said, I said, no, no, this is a phone holder. It's not a, it's not a radar detector. <laughs> and he said, you don't have the sticker. I said, what sticker? And I actually called my wife and tried to ask her, do you know about this? Was I said, was I supposed to know this? And she's like, no, she didn't know about it either. And, uh, and you know, the, apparently, you know, it's a, one of the ways they get you. So I don't know. Of course, it's another. Me. So two, two other places I wanted to mention. Um, Alaska. So they have this uh, thing called the Marine Highway that links their islands. And you can drive a car or truck on and go to the next island, or you can ride the thing for a while. And I found that to be one of the more beautiful journeys I've, I've ever been on, both as with a car and a boat. And, Did you uh, rent to get to, to do that? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. I got to I got to try it because Alaska is the last frontier for me as well in North America. I I I desperately wanted, it. but I was nervous because I wanted to drive up there my my own car and and I heard that <laughs> the connection between the US and Alaska via through Canada, Canada is not yeah. a good drive. There's a the, the road isn't even paved in parts and and you get stones are kicked up and you get, you you mess up your car, you get the windshield. Yeah. Uh, I know some people have done it. They took their Subarus. Um, probably a good car for that. Um, but yeah, the getting, once you're there, um, you know, the Marine highway is just fabulous. It's, uh, there's, I think there's six boats maybe, and yeah, you can go all over the islands. So very cool. And then the other one I want to mention was, um, the Yucatan Peninsula. And I mentioned that because again, I looked at maps, rented cars, you know, in, in, um, I guess we flew into Cancun and then drove. But to see some of the interesting old ruins, you really have to have a car or take the, the local buses to see them. And it's just fabulous. The people are great. And I, I think being able to do that is just an incredible blessing these days, you know, in many places. So that's why I wanted well, to talk hope about we can do it again. these road uh, trips. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, but I wonder if the culture will return to more of this whether it's for, you know, the distancing or, or whatever, maybe the cars will be preferred for some things. Look, I always maintain that, that the car is a very good machine for long trips. Um, it is the best machine for, you know, driving, for going 30 miles or something like that. Um, um, and it lets you go anywhere to anywhere which is not true for transports like, you know, shared transports, like, like, uh, like buses. That's the, that's the ultimate freedom to me that the, the car enables, right. That you can go anywhere to anywhere. You just, go. you just go and, and you go at your schedule, you go at your pace, you go with the people you want to go with. And, um, and, and it's a little space of your own. It's a place where you can also have a conversation. It's a place where you can eat. You can place. You can sleep. You can do so much. It's a little room you take with you. It's fascinating as an idea, um, you know. Uh, but but the thing that is, it's the reason I also uh, am, am a fan of micromobility and, and passionate about it is that um, is that it's not a good vehicle for short trips. I mean, we we've abused it. It's like it's like it's like I, it hurts me almost to think about it. Look. You know, people say, how can you be such a car nut 
or fanatic or own cars when you're talking about micromobility all the time. And I, I say it's the same way that, you know, you can be a, a horse lover and not be a fan of the fact that horses were the beasts of burden for for city transport for 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 centuries. And they were by me, by beast of burden, they were really abused um, where where they had to carry um, mostly not people. They had to carry cargo and and be uh, had to be whipped and had to be uh, 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 dying on the streets and left to, to rot. And all this was happening with horses. And obviously, thousands and thousands uh, of horses were necessary for any city. And then that every day uh, dozens of horses would be dying on the streets of, of any city. Imagine just going to work and seeing a court, you know, a carcass every, course, every so yeah. often mm-hmm. that was, there was reality. And of course, if you're a, a, a lover of horses, you don't want to see them used this way. You want to see them out in the pasture running around free, maybe going on, on some nice rides in the, in the, <laughs> in the woods or, or whatever. Uh, my wife's a horse person. I'm not, so I don't even know what 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 is the right way to frame this. But but the idea is the idea is that if you're a horse lover, you don't want to see necessarily millions of horses. You want to see horses living well. And and so for me, the car living well, the car being used the way it should be used, is on the long trips, and it should stay at home every day when you are going to work or running errands and you should use something more, more economical. Uh, and you, you know, maybe a scooter, maybe a bicycle, maybe a moped, uh, do the right vehicle for the right job. Just like we use phones yeah. for, for things that we used to use only computers for, but it obviously it's a better tool to use a phone or an iPad or, 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 a ta- or even a, a laptop as opposed to a desktop. So we've made that decision as far as computers that we use the right, you know, the right tool for the right job. And in, in this sense, what we're really talking about is the nostalgia of the road trip is really almost like saying it's the nostalgia of the desktop, the nostalgia of the mainframe, <laughs> even the, the big computer that boy, more, you know, they had, they had their time and they were fantastic and they still do a lot of things, interesting things. But my, my, um, my point about cars is that uh, is that the, the road trip is what cars are best for and you know if you're not using your car for road trip then you're not actually using its potential you're misusing it you're using you're using a horse for for you know uh, as a beast of burden as opposed to an object of leisure and that's where where you should be thinking about how can i get my car to be what it was always intended to be an object of freedom as opposed to an object of oppression because when you're stuck in traffic and you're not going anywhere and you're frustrated you, you come to hate your car you wanted to come to love your car because it is the it is the the thing that gives you freedom that gives you that sense of wonder by the way when you look at top gear and this is one of the shows that's been very influential in my life um top gear they do a lot of these epic road trips um they 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 you know of course it's it's uh, staged and it's uh, contrived in many ways and it's the you know the the, the there's a lot of uh, conceit yeah. in, involved <laughs> but it's it's it, but the logic of it what they try to capture what they try to convey is that that the, the it's not the destination it's the journey it's not the fact that they've made it to you, you know their destination which uh, let's say was in Argentina or Bolivia or something like that but rather the 
the things they saw on the way and, and the, the adventures they had, the conflicts, the, the tears and the, and, and, the, and the laughter and all that. So uh, that's, I think that the, their point as a car show is to say, look at the car enables that. Car enables amazing trips. So that's what we want to be highlighting here and right. maybe suggesting that once, once the, the virus runs its course, um, people should think Road about trip. exercising their freedom. <laughs> Exercise that freedom, you, yep. the potential you have to explore the world, not just by getting on a plane stuffed in the, you know, with hundreds of people <laughs> in a very tight space, sitting and queuing for, to get on it in the first place, right. to get the off whole, of it. The whole mess. To, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, 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 Great unpleasantness. Yes, <laughs> getting to, to, to some place around the world is interesting. Okay, but 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 the journey of the of, of you know and may may not last. Believe me, I mean it's 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 a question whether the car uh, the freedom that I experience uh, is 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 may not last for, for a couple of reasons. One, uh, as I said, uh, it, it, as as it becomes less and less popular, then you're going to have less and less support for it uh, right. and so you may not find the hotels anymore you may find mm -hmm. it really difficult to do um, you might see more and more tolls being applied because mm -hmm. if the utilization goes down of the roadways Costs go up then the prices go up and mm -hmm. uh, and so the beauties that you are likely to see are not there anymore for you um, fortunately I, you know the road networks are not going to be dismantled anytime soon I don't think uh, but, but the, uh, cause they're, they're used for goods transport, right? I mean, that's the thing that's probably 80% of the utilization of the highway is the fact that trucks are using them. And so it becomes a logistics mm -hmm. infrastructure. Uh, so, but, but it's, yeah. I want to, want to close with one of the routes that I've driven a number of times and those listening in California, hopefully many of you have driven this, but maybe not. If you haven't, I encourage you. And that's uh, Lake Tahoe down the eastern Sierra to Lancaster or Palmdale. So the reason it's – have you done this for us? I should ask you. No. Well, uh, I, I know, I've been in that area, but I'm not sure if I've done that drive. It's, it's, it's incredible. So first of all, you're going Lake Tahoe, which is, of course, spectacular. Then you end up at Mono Lake, sort of inland sea with all these tufa. And if it's the right time of year, you can take the eastern entrance to Yosemite, which is a spectacular canyon. And then you end up in the Owens Valley. You sort of skirt Death Valley. And uh, all, and you see the water projects and the residue of all the highly controversial water projects. But it's a spectacular area. And very few people go there. And you can then end mm. up in Lancaster and Palmdale, which gets back to your Cape Canaveral because, of course... There's a lot of space activity uh, and military activity around there as you enter Los Angeles. So that is one of my favorite drives in the States because it's just spectacular. I got to do that. Yeah, totally missed that. Um, it, the, uh, you know, the, the, the thing also you have to appreciate about these trips uh, is the time and give yourself time. Many people rush it, and you and I know I've done it because you know you say, "Oh, we got five days, we got three days, right. whatever." <laughs> see it um, all, and yeah. and you just end up again going by the cool stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, 
Um, one thing I learned, by the way, about taking your time to travel is, is another life-changing experiences for me is actually because I also sail, uh, uh, mm-hmm. not as a not in a as a comp- competition. Some people do that sailing as a it's called a regatta, which is a, a, sa- a race racing sailing. But I, I do cruising, and over the years, you know, various friends introduced me to to, to cruising. And one of the things I learned. Uh, one of the lessons that was beaten into me, and I, I kept asking, "Well, when when do we go? Come, you know, shall we get, you know, <laughs> you know, shall we go at at five, or you know, are we going to be on our way, and so on and so on?" And the answer from the skipper was, "We go when we go, and you know, you go when la- nature lets you go. Uh, <laughs> if the weather's not a cooperative, you don't go. If you you don't have the provisions, you don't go. And then, and you got to just." Just when you when you are about to go on a boat, you've got to give let go of all that, let go of all the schedules, and let go of all the thinking about the clock and how much time you got. You got to, and this is one of the things that journeys do, proper journeys, is that they free you from that certain frame of mind. Right. You so, conform so to the journey, not the other way around. <laughs> exactly. Yes, and I know someone who's actually a big, uh, who enjoys long walks. I mean, like multiple week longs, mm-hmm. like in the, sa- in the same ways that you might, you might uh, uh, do a pilgrimage. But uh, she, uh, she traverses, you know, hundreds of miles uh, on walks and, and or hikes, I guess they should be mm-hmm. called. Um, but the, the, I'm sure that's a whole different way to kind of step out of your uh uh, world and 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 enter a new world and and that's the, the car makes it a lot easier you don't have to sacrifice comforts you don't have to sacrifice you're in an air-conditioned vehicle you're moving smooth and comfortably and you're you're but but it, it's it i think i think it just still does something to your mind i i, I sometimes point out to a friend of mine who by the way hates any time in the car more than an hour he just goes mad and I'm like, you know, I am happy for 16 hours in a row. No question. No worries. And I, I say, look, the way I see it is I'm sitting in the car and I'm not moving. The world is going by me. It's like I'm just like it's all passing as a as a as a as as a river. You know, you stand in the river and the river goes by you. Right. If you think about it. And exactly. and that's how it's sometimes you can think of it that way. Um, and, and it, it's just the most, one of the most magnificent kinds of, uh, feelings. So I'm sure motorcycles feel something even more, more, uh, po- <laughs> um, uh, because they, one motorcyclist, uh, uh, I think it was actually in the book, uh, you know, the art of motorcycle maintenance, Zen and the art of motorcycle maintenance, <laughs> right. something like that, where he said, like, the car feels like you're watching TV, but in motorcycles, you, you're, you're actually, you're actually you there. Um, yeah. But anyway. So the journey is the reward as ever. Yeah. Thanks for talking. A, uh, yeah, <laughs> totally. It's not a cliche. It's real. No, it's real. <laughs>